Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Rain Stop Play. Uh, we are here off the back of uh, the suspension of the IPL um, and a lot of other cricketing news. So plenty to get through this week. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's just me and Zach today. Um, how are you, Zach? We are just coming off the back of breaking news. There's a triple game week in fantasy football. So that's shaken us up both a little bit. I know this is a cricket podcast. And of course, everyone wants to hear if you play cricket this week and how you got on. So please do enlighten us. So I didn't get picked for the team this week, but and, and then they went on lost. So, you know, that's well, kind of, well, yeah. you know, if they'd have picked yeah. me, maybe they'd have won. <laughs> uh, but I played in an intra-squad friendly on Saturday morning, 10 a.m. So it was very early and I, I went early. for a few drinks on Friday. So I was a, I was a bit ropey and I only found out I was opening the bowling about two minutes before. So uh, the first couple overs were a bit tough and I, I went for a few runs. Didn't take any wickets, went for a few uh, runs. It wasn't great. It was just like a T20 game. And then uh, got put into bat at three, which is very high. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the opener saw off the first few overs. And then I came in and faced off a few balls, faced a lot of wides. Because it was just an interesting score game. It was kind of all the players who don't often get a game. so And some of them don't bowl that much. So they were bowling and... Struggling. And you're left-handed, yeah. you're left-handed aren't you? Because I'm, I, left-handed, I'm, I'm as well. left-handed as well. And... I found whenever I went in the nets, everything would be flying past your legs, wouldn't it, for, for at least the first 10 minutes? Oh, exactly, exactly. At our net session, there's so many people like, you don't get 10 minutes. I, I probably I probably can hit three balls and they're like, right, your time's up. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we had that as well. So uh, I faced a lot of balls that I couldn't hit. There was a, it, was like a, it was like we were playing free hits, though. So I got a free hit at one point and uh, it's a really long boundary and the really long grass. So I, I hit it over mid on. And it looked like it was sailing away. Yeah. But it just hit the ground and plugged and got two runs. It was oh, such God. a beautiful shot. I was well annoyed. And then two balls later, I uh, go back to one that's a bit short and it doesn't bounce that much. That's, well, that's, that's, that much. that's like your fault. That is. That's your, the Sky Sports pundits would have picked that out. I'm sure two weeks ago you went back to one that didn't get up. I'm sure this is a common fault uh, in your batting. This is true. But it's also the fact that the pitches, it just doesn't bounce. Like it, it was really back. short. Do not go back. All right. It was really short and it hit me halfway up the thigh on my yeah. back leg and I was given out LBW. Uh, and I'm, I can I'm see quite that was tall. So halfway up my thigh, unless it's going to drop down again, which it, it might have been oh dropping God. down again, to be fair. <laughs> it might have been on the way down. But still, it's it's quite high for 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 me. 
for me being did that you, Did you give it one of them where you just sort of stood there and kind of hinted to the umpire that it oh it hit me like you know above my above my pad there just sort of stand there and uh, for a sp- he kind of like everyone they kind of only half appealed almost like they were joking <laughs> and then the umpire gave me out and i kind of like looked down looked at the umpire and was a bit like looked mm. back at the stumps and then walked off and then as i was walking off square leg was like i was square on then it looked very high on you and i was like brilliant thanks mate well it's not bad i mean if any listeners are going to be playing against you in the near future across this summer bowl a little bit short on a pitch that isn't giving him a bounce and you'll either bowl Zachary or get out to a dodgy LBW you're giving away your, your, your weaknesses here well um, the thing was is that we were it was only a 220 game and we needed to up the run rate so this ball and I probably would have defended if it had been in a 40 over game okay, okay but I kind of sure. needed to swing for it I have been you know hours since shadow batting and practicing the shot I should have played yeah good good Rather than just the, I probably played quite a big hike across the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we got to we got to get some uh, some footage of that for, for for listeners. I think just so they can really see it, you know, really take it in. But thank you for that, Zach. Yeah. And I look forward yeah. to next week's uh, next week's tale of village cricket. Let's go on to real cricket now. Let's chat about county cricket, Zach. Another awesome week, um, and obviously the news that it will be covered on Sky Sports this week is the what the fifth? Will be the start of the fifth round of games? that come on Sky this week, uh, Middlesex versus Gloucestershire. But Zach, chat to me about some of the sort of highlights from uh, last week's results because there were some unbelievable games. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's great news is going to be on Sky and it is going to it is going to kind of appeal to a wider audience because people are going to turn on their TVs and be like, oh yeah, no IPL, but oh, I see that game's on. It is going to appeal to more people than the live stream does. I'm just hoping they don't, it doesn't mean they don't have a live stream for the game because then that kind of, almost defeats the point of them getting extra people involved in it. But yeah, we had some really good games this week. And I mean, I'm still, I still wish they just did on Sky Sports a kind of a, there's been a wicket, but who for? And they show the oh, kind of... Wouldn't that be class if they did like a, I don't know where they'd put the time. Probably on Sky Sports Cricket, you know, what, six hours a day? And yeah. then like when there's a bit of a lull, they just show on full screen, like whatever the best game is at the minute on the stream and then they'll cut almost like red zone. You've seen red zone yeah. for NFL red zone for cricket is, is definitely something we could pitch to sky. Mm, I've heard murmurings about it on Twitter. And I think one day when this pod is uh, big enough, we'll just be able to fund it ourselves. Well, I'm thinking so, that mate. Yeah. yeah. We'll, get all, we'll get all the gear there ourselves. Yeah. So that, that's, that would be good. But yeah, so we had some really good games, some very one-sided games, including Durham beating Warwickshire by an innings and 127 runs, including some, a few wickets for Mark Wood. Which is nice, and uh, Surrey beating, you know, early high flyers Hampshire by an innings and 289 runs, including a 215 from Hashim Amla and another century for Ollie Pope, who is surely, like, you know, solidifying his spot in the mm. England team at the moment with his brilliant form. Because I feel like there are a few questions after India. He didn't yeah. play that well. Dan Lawrence played, you know, relatively well. It kind of seemed like they're. Not necessarily at similar levels. I think Pope is is certainly better, but it kind of if Pope had not been that good in these opening games and Lawrence had scored a stack of runs, I think that could have put him above him. But Pope has really solidified his place. He's kind of the best in form out of anyone who, you know, has played for England because no one's really doing much. Roy Burns has scored a few runs. Sibley's injured, but will hope I think is back this week. Root's been hit and miss, scored a mm. century and then scored a few, but then was resting last week. And with the uh, IPL players coming back, it could mean they get a game of county championship cricket before 
uh, before the New Zealand test game, which is interesting and will mean they're available presumably for that. But yeah, I'm sure we'll come on to that in a bit. Uh, other than that, we had a really interesting game between Gloucestershire and Leicestershire. Gloucestershire was set 348 to win with like 75 overs left in the game or something. Or I think it was 78 overs. And it was really looking like they... I, I, the thing is, there is a case of uh, Bristol pitches seem to kind of just flatten out. And sometimes on the last day, rather than, you know, doing a bit for a spinner, they'll just be flat and no one will be able to take any wickets. So Gloucestershire did manage to knock off 348 and 70 overs in turn what looked like they were either going to lose or a draw into a win, which is massive for them and they're top of the group, uh, which also includes Somerset, obviously my team, who also won again from a losing position. They came back from a you know, 90 run deficit on first innings to Skittle Middlesex for 117 and then chase it down with four wickets to spare, which included a 41 not out from uh, oh, original oh. pod favourite. Lewis Goldsworthy, who made his first-class debut and is someone I have uh, called for for a long time. This is your maybe... guy, isn't it? This is your guy. And we're gonna, we've got, you know, listeners, watch out for this kid because we've got our eyes on him because Zach's called him. And if he goes big, it's basically us. That's what, that's where we're at. Basically, yeah. So, he, yeah, I I, I called him out last year because he, he, he span really well for... Uh, he span, I don't know. He bowled what, really well. Bold spin. I've never. He no bowled. one's ever said that. No. Come on, Zach. The serious <laughs> cricket podcast, and he span really well. It's called bold, mate. Bowling and batting. He bowled spin really nicely at the Under 19s World Cup at the beginning of last year, and then I think one of the early pods I called him out because he could be a potential future to the England spin problem. But actually, in this in this game, he didn't bowl a ball. Mm. But. And more of not, a batsman that can do it. His fault, yeah. yeah, he's been scoring loads of runs for the twos and is finally had his chance. And yeah, the other big, well, the other kind of really close game was Yorkshire winning by one run, which included crazy, absolutely crazy scene that was. A fifty for other pod favourite uh, Don Bess in their first Huge. top scoring across the game. He then didn't take that many wickets. One in the first innings, and then none in the second. But didn't have to bowl that much. I think. Uh, you know, the, the Pacers did the job, including uh, David Willey taking a few wickets. Another. Oh, remember David Willey? That's a shout out. Um, we got we got we got to mention Nottinghamshire as well. They won their first for 22 games. I think it was their 23rd uh, comprehensively against Derbyshire as well, which is a bit of a local derby. Um, Stuart Broad has been in the wickets there. So that's good for them, isn't it, Zach? We, I, I kind of when we did our county preview, I couldn't believe they hadn't won for that period of time. Um, and they finally broke their duck, so that's very good. And yeah, it was definitely those big innings wings from uh, Durham and Surrey that were the shockers. Like Warwickshire and Hampshire both been going so well, and then on the on the Thursday last week, Warwickshire all out for eighty seven, Hampshire all out for ninety two was a little bit crazy. Um, and I would like to chat about Sussex briefly, who are giving me so much hope, and then kind of crushing it in that third innings, as you mentioned before we came on, Zach, uh, against both Roses' sides. They've had a good first innings come into the second innings with a lead and then got bowled out for very little and, and lost the game. They lost to Lancashire by five wickets. This time around with Keaton Jennings in the runs. Again, another bit of a throwback name. But let's chat about the how the, the tables are now. Now we've played four. We've got these we've got these uh three groups of six. And let's just look at group A because this is this is crazy. All played four games. Warwickshire first with fifty four points. Durham second with 53 points. Worcestershire, who've not won a game, but have drawn four out of four games on 52 points. And then not, so as I just mentioned, won uh, last week on 51 points. And then Essex on 49, Derbyshire on 40. The whole division's split by 14 points. Isn't that crazy? I, I like 
I like this. All all the all the divisions are pretty close right now. Yeah, it, it's it's so interesting and it's keeping it tight. It kind of means that no team is out of it. Derbyshire are fourteen points away from the top. Like that is, you know, you have a win. A win is sixteen points plus the bonus points you get. They could, uh, if they win this week, they could go top. I mean, it would. They probably could quite a lot of results. Other teams getting points, <laughs> but you know, somehow every other team would get zero points. They could go yeah, top. But, yeah, you know, I they could they could they could put themselves massively back in the mix. You know, within five points of the top if they win and results go their way. Like it's so close, and it's mad to see Essex down there in fifth, having you know drawn a couple games. They've, you know, Worcestershire. Man, Worcestershire have they may have not won a game, but they've played Essex twice already because this last week's games were a repeat of the first mm-hmm. week. So they they've drawn twice against Essex, and if you'd have told them at the beginning of the season, four games in, you're going to have drawn twice against you know, you know the best team in the country, I think they'd be pretty happy with that. You know, hopefully they can push on and get get some more wins. They've got a lot of batting bonus points. I think they've got more batting bonus points than anyone else in the country. Yeah, they've got 13 at the minute because I'm guessing they've just, they've been batting and batting and batting, right? They've (laughs) they've had some outrageous scores, I think, in in the games they've been in. Well, Jake Jake Libby's been brilliant, you know, for a few. Yeah. Brilliant for them last year and he was, he was really good again. He kind of, held on and got a 50 not out off of, I think, a hell of a lot of balls in the kind of last day when against Essex, when Essex had hit 561 and declared and, you know, obviously, Alex Cook scored another century. Mm. He's still going so well. Nature is healing. I saw someone tweet when he got his turn this week. That was nice. And then once the sort of earmark is, if you look at Group 3, Lancashire and Yorkshire, uh, both won three, drawn one. Uh, Lancashire six points ahead because of far more batting points because Yorkshire batted terribly. Uh, but the Roses clash starts at the end of this month, 29th of May. Yeah, there we go. Oh, and yeah. it's annoyingly close to the uh, the start of the England Test match. So I imagine they won't have any of their England players frustratingly. But still, um, depending on how the next couple of games go, that's that's a well poised game. Those guys are just sort of peeking ahead at the top of Group Three at the minute, and then top of Group Two is Gloucestershire, 14 points ahead of Somerset, but obviously Hampshire and Surrey. And probably Middlesex are well in that mix. I'd argue Leicestershire at the bottom of Group 2 and Kent at the bottom of Group 3 look a little bit cut adrift at the minute. But as we said, lots of points up for grabs, even for a draw. Plenty of games left. So that's your little county roundup. I'm really enjoying it this year, Zach. I'm not sure if it's if it's because I'm doing a podcast on it or whether this format's working a bit better. Who knows? Uh, but that think, was very good. I think I think the format's working a bit better because, you know, I mean, not to sound a bit like a Premier League football fan, but in years gone by, I wouldn't have bothered with Division 2 when Somerset in it, because it's like, why would I bother with Division 2? All the good teams are in Division 1, but because there's, you know, there's these little teams turning over bigger teams and it's it's all close, it makes it more interesting. And, you know, like you say, to be four games in and only two teams really, you know, they're not completely out of it, but looking like they're not going to be involved in kind of an end, like the race towards Division 1, which it will be for the second, you know, the last bit of the season. Yeah, I'm not going to explain it again, but yeah, yeah. Again, never again. You get it now. But, but I think you see you see teams like Durham who is that second, um, you know, even Gloucestershire to an extent, who I know got promoted last year, but they can beat these big teams. There's no need for a Division Two per se. Like that is the it, it's well, yeah, I was some some of my eyebrows at that, but I think I think it's proof that we don't need it necessarily, and I hope this sticks around. Right, so let's get stuck into the main story of the week, which is, of course, the IPL being suspended due to um, a COVID outbreak within the bubble. I listened back to our pod last week, actually, and there was some, I thought we were actually quite insightful there. And we said it's, it's all going well so far, 
providing the bubble doesn't get breached. And unfortunately, that happened this week. Uh, at the start of the week, it was Varun Chakravarti and Sandy Warrior of KKR who contracted it. Uh, a few games were suspended initially, and then the whole tournament was suspended. Um, not surprised, Zach. I mean, we spoke last week about it, and we said as long as that bubble was like impenetrable, uh, we'll be fine. And it's been penetrated. So that, that's pretty much the end of that, isn't it? And I, I just can't see it coming back. I can't see where they're going to fit it into the schedule, whether there's actually that much hunger to have it, because I think this might have been quite traumatic for a lot of people, and whether they just need to null and void the whole thing and we come back again next year. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really tough. Like We've talked a lot on this podcast about England having to rest and rotate and move players around because there's not enough space in the calendar and there's a lot of games going on this year. So them fitting in another time to do the IPL is is looking unlikely, especially with the with the uh, the World Cup going on later in the year, the T20 World Cup going on later in the year, which would which was when they did the IPL last year. Yeah, I think they've done you know they've done half it, and with they originally said I think they wanted to just start again in a week in Mumbai, which I mean that's no. absolutely outrageous. And I'll, we'll we'll come on to how the players are getting home and mm. if they can get home, and the fact they're all going back to their respective countries, the overseas players, to me suggest that this thing's done and dusted. Oh, me too. Yeah. First, I was kind of thinking, oh, if they're going to try and do it again in a week, you know, they're going to push for this. They're going to really want it. So they will probably do it. And then you hear about, you know, like you say, some of the England players are already at home, the Australian players and their struggles to get home. But they're all coming home. They're not they could do the IPL with just the local players, but I don't think they would because of the kind of idea of the brand of the IPL as being, you know, it's the best tournament in the world. We have all of the world's best players. So yeah, spot on. to do kind of an IPL without that would feel a bit like it's gone against the message that's been shoved down our throats for the last 14 years. <laughs> no, you're, you're spot on, I think. It would, it would. It would just be Indian domestic cricket then. It wouldn't be the Indian Premier League as such. Um so Chakravarti got it. He was in he was in what was called a green channel by and he went for a scan. Um and that's all part of the protocol. And he obviously caught picked it up um either between getting the scan or while getting the scan. And then it's kind of been a little domino effect from there. So Saha of the Sunrisers Hyderabad uh tested positive. Amit Mishra from the De- Delhi Capitals, uh Mike Hussey, the coach, former cricketer himself, tested positive today. So it's just going to be a domino effect, isn't it? I, I suspect we'll see more and more of these come through as the week goes on as well. And there's a fascinating article in ESPN Quick Info about why this has gone so wrong. Obviously, they can't control what's going on in India, but there have been a few key things as to why it was so successful in the UAE um, in the autumn of last year and where it's gone wrong this year. And it's interesting it's all coincided with the, with the bubbles moving, Zach. And we spoke about this, and mm-hmm. I don't think any of us quite understood why they were doing it. When when we previewed the whole IPL, I'd argue that's probably some of the fault. And also, you know, why wasn't it in the UAE again? Obviously, this COVID outbreak's come fairly suddenly and fairly viciously, but surely they could have potentially the, the, the BCCI could have seen this coming and just left it in there for one more year. Maybe there were hopeful crowds coming in, so wanted it in India, but it's costing them their tournament ultimately. Yeah, I think originally that was, I think Will Will in the preview pod said about this moving bubbles thing and made mm-hmm. it clear that he said, well, you know, which he was completely right on now, which annoyingly he seems to often be, but you know. He is, isn't he? Yeah. And yeah. he's not here this week and we can just bitch about him a little bit for now. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he called it out clearly saying the moving bubbles is going to be difficult. You know, it's it's going to cause problems. It's probably going to lead to the bubble bursting, which it, it very much has done. And I think 
with the with the point about them having it in the UAE, I think you you've, you've, you're completely right with them wanting to have crowds in because obviously if, if you think back to the T20 series and the T20i series, England India and the Test series, there was crowds. So they had crowds in grounds not mm. that long ago. And I, I listened That's to it. a Guardian, a Guardian podcast about the the uh, the handling of the pandemic in India, and it talked about the kind of handling of it and them accepting and them allowing to have massive crowds in in grounds when it was kind of viewed that India had beaten coronavirus, even though all of the senior scientists were not were not saying that. You know, they weren't saying it was beaten, but it was kind of viewed that it was they, it was done. Everything was done, which, you know, I, I can there's definitely parallels with here last summer as well. Like kind of there was there's been that atmosphere around. I think, you know, it kind of just comes back to everyone wanting it to be done. Everyone wants it to be over, but it seems yeah. to, you know, keep coming back. And it does make you think they should have just done it in the UAE. It worked so well. They had the three stadiums which gave them the variation. It wasn't just, you know, there was there was Sharjah that was just tiny and everyone, you know, <laughs> and then got slower though. So then there were lower scores. So that kind of gave it the variation, but it was so secure. And also the thing with the UAE is their, their vaccine rate is so high. So their case rate is, is, is pretty low at the moment. So it would have worked. And that's kind of one of the reasons I think it's not worked as well. The bubbles, as well as the moving around is the fact that there are, there's just so much more coronavirus around yeah. around the bubbles than there was in the UAE. That, that no matter how tight the bubble is, there's always going to be some, you know, like these green channels, like you're going into hospitals which are, you know, overrun with coronavirus patients and things like, so there's always, gonna, there's always a risk. And it, it's easy for us to say that with hindsight now, isn't it? I'll just do it in the UAE when, as you said, there was 80,000 people uh, in that test match, that in itself was probably horribly wrong and is what sparked this this terrible outbreak in India at the minute. But you can see the, the logic behind them having it in India again because in their head, everything was getting okay, which it wasn't. Um, and as you said, in the UAE, all the stadiums were in driving distance of each other. So they weren't having to fly or go through airports. The bubbles were a lot more secure traveling from ground to ground. Whereas um, these sort of bubbles in India, there's been flying involved. Um, and clearly this first change of venues for a lot of the teams has sort of been the main issue. Um, as for the overseas players, um, eight of the England uh, eight of the 11 England players, excuse me, who were at the IPL are now back in the UK and they'll be self-isolating in a hotel. Um, Morgan, Jordan and Milan, who were at KKR and Kings 11, oh, excuse me, Punjab Kings. Got ding, that ding, wrong. ding, pounding the jar. Oh, there's always one. Um, <laughs> I think they're having to wait a bit longer because they were in the, the main sort of um, infected bubble, as it were. Um, so good job those lads are back. Um, and like you said, they might be available for a bit of county stuff, but I imagine I just want to rest after what, what must have been a strange couple of months. Um, the New Zealand players is an interesting one. So uh, a big group of them having to wait until sort of May the 10th or 11th when the UK's government rules change to come straight to the UK uh, because they've got the World Test Championship final and a few other their players are playing in the blast and stuff like that. So they're going to be based in the UK for a while. And then the Australians, um, they're struggling because uh, of Australia's rules of people coming in from India. So there might be a chartered flight coming out of Sri Lanka or the Maldives, apparently. Uh, obviously, we spoke about last week, a few of them went home ahead of this and clearly saw this before we did. Um, so chaos, basically, Zach, isn't it? Absolute chaos. And it, it's this stuff, it's this sort of panically going home that just has to mean this, that this thing's unfortunately over. And what we watched was, was all pretty pointless, fun as it was. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was all pretty pointless. Just 
one of those uh, players who's playing in the blast is uh, Devin Conway. Devin Conway. Sorry, oh, oh, we didn't mention the Somerset thing. I'm sorry, Zach. Go on. That's a, <laughs> that's a great signing. No, that is a great signing. It is a great signing. His record's brilliant. He's going to be available for nine of the group games and two county championship games, which would be interesting because Somerset's top order uh, frailties have been well documented on this podcast. But yeah, I mean, it does mean, it makes me think it's the end of the IPL. Though. There's no mm-hmm. IPL when all of these players are gone. And it's interesting you mentioned about those few Australian players who left early. And, it, you know, at the time we thought their decision was vindicated because they weren't getting many games. And now their decision is certainly vindicated. Well, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, they're not getting many games. Probably makes sense. But so far it's been fine. And, well, you know, as you said, hindsight, they've, they've done a very good job. So, yeah, unfortunately, that is over um, for now. And they've, they've said postponed indefinitely. And I imagine that indefinitely will exist until IPL 2022 comes about um, in April. Whispers of like September, maybe. But obviously, with the World Test Championship final um, in June, some point in June, isn't it? There it is. Mid-June. We've not got much time for the Indian players to get over and get an IPL in. And then obviously, India tour England to play a few test matches and the rest. So it's too packed to schedule. Um, I've said the, the cricket was pointless, but there is some cricket to talk about, Zach. And we've got about half an hour left. So we might as well, mightn't we? That's what we're excited to do. And there were some really good games, which kind of made it, it made this hurt even more, the, the postponement. I was gutted when, when it came through. Because uh, there have been some awesome games in the last couple of days. I don't know where you want to start. Should we talk about a couple of the games as opposed to the teams this week? Because for me, the CSK Mumbai game on Saturday was oh, just beautiful finesse t20 cricket it was the ipl packaged up into a perfect little four-hour bundle uh with kieran pollard putting a little cherry on top of the cake because that was just an unbelievable game yeah it was an unbelievable game and i i felt really vindicated by it because i've been calling out uh chennai's death bowling as being their weakness and as being terrible throughout the tournament so i felt really vindicated and also (laughs) I, i love kieran pollard so i was really enjoying him you know finishing it off and it was Oh, it was amazing, wasn't it? I mean, Faf, I mean, Faf Duplessis, brilliant form. You know, yeah. fourth fifty in a row, so which is quietly crazy. goes about his business as well, doesn't he? But yeah. he's so good at the top of the order there. Yeah, I mean, and then Moeen got another fifty. Well, no, got a fifty, which is really nice. And Raidu mm-hmm. finally scored some runs. But yeah, that and then that innings from Pollard, they were they were eighty four for three off of uh, the halfway mark. And just the way the way he strikes the ball, I was in awe of it. You, you very rarely see those sort of knocks where he just had so much. Like we know he's got the power, but the timing was there this week as well. And you just feared for any bowler coming in that it was going to go the distance. And most of the time it did. Even one off like a thick inside edge went six over like long on. And you're just thinking, how would you bowl to that guy? And then Curran did. There was a great over Curran bowled um, to Pollard. I think it was maybe the 17th over when the game was in the balance. Um, he finished with three for 34 against, I mean, some of the figures, Lungi and Gini, none for 62. Um, Tackle struggled. Uh, Tackle struggled, didn't he? As, as, as he has done for the whole tournament. I was like, I remember yeah. we, we spoke about him in the two pods. You've caught a highlight his week, is his flaws so far. And I was like, come on, this, this could get some form for the rest of the tournament that I thought was going to go on. And then one for 56 for him. He he was really struggling. And I think, despite the fact they they lost this game, and they're looking fairly good. I think you're right, Zach, and you alluded to it last pod, that their death bowling was going to mean they were going to struggle. They should, like, they probably would have gotten the top four, but that bowling attack was never going to win an IPL, was it really? 
No, because if you look at Ngidi, Ngidi's a good a good bowler. He's not a bad bowler. He's not, you know, in the South Africa attack with Rabada and Nokia. He's a very good third seamer in that attack, exactly. but he's not a good enough death bowler. Because in that attack, he doesn't he doesn't need to be a death bowler specifically, really. You know, so he's not good enough as a leading death bowler. Because he he it was Ngidi who got pumped around by Jofra Archer for that. You know, it was when he scored four sixes off of like one legal delivery last year or something <laughs> silly like that. that was bad. So yeah, he, he doesn't seem to have it in the big moments, which is, you know, it, it's not something, you know, it's one of those things you can't really quantify, mm. but he, he doesn't seem to be able to pull it off in the big moments. So yeah. that's a worry. And, and you know, Sam Curran's not a death bowler. Deepak Chahar's been good for them this year. He's still like, but he's good at the start. He, if the ball's moving around, they've, they've argued, they've probably got the best opening bowler for opening bowlers for if the, if it's moving around a bit in oh, Sam yeah. Curran and, and Deepak Chahar both really good if the ball's moving around a little bit which it, it never is for very long if it is at all so yeah if they were playing you know four day cricket in England maybe both of them would be pretty good but unfortunately they're not <laughs> uh, another cracking game and we were sort of somewhat live reacting to this on the last pod um, we were recording as this game was going on and we were like, Delhi are out of this. Delhi are dead. Um, it was when Rishabh Pant was like striking about 80. And so was Stoinis. Um, And DC still lost. They lost by a run. But Shimon Hetmeyer, who I can't remember last time he went off like this, 53 or 25 balls, nearly got them over the line. Um, Rishabh Pant was there at the end, 58 or 48, which is very uncharacteristic for him. That was another really good game. Um, there have been a couple that really went down to the wire. And especially RCB... Uh, versus Delhi so this could be some people's final sort of pre-final the way they were going so that was another really good game um, that kind of came out of nowhere as well yeah and I think if you look at Delhi like Delhi have been really good recently but this game was just I don't know I think they've been they've generally been really good chasing like the last two games against you know they've been against poor opposition but they've made it look so easy to chase down totals that are probably slightly under par but it's almost been boring to watch the other two games they played in, in the last week because within the first three overs, it was like, oh, Delhi are going to chase this. Within that game they played against KKR, where Pritvi Shaw hit six fours in the first over and there was a wide that very nearly went for five wides. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, and, and KKR struggled to 150. It was like, okay, game's over. But yeah, this one... It's almost like I, I know Will. Will would hate me to say this, and he's 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 going to be listening, I'm sure. But Pan, the captaincy seems to be almost weighing him down. Like he he feels like he needs to play that innings of you know the innings that Steve Smith should be playing, not yes. Rishabh Pan. It's and like got, you, get, you get the captain's armband on, don't you? And you think, right, I've got to be here for the whole thing. And there was okay. also a few <laughs> questionable. Um, bowling changes and decisions, bowling stoyness for one solo over as, as the last over is a little bit weird, a little bit uncharacteristic. And I and I remember you asking Will this last week or maybe two weeks ago, I can't remember now, but he defended Pant, but there was a look, slight look of resignation in his face that, that said to me, this isn't quite going so well. And it would be interesting to see how that played out. But I think his, his team was doing so well and his, it, generally it was working, you know, easy run chases against Punjab Kings and KKR that meant he was fine. If they were losing games, though, that would be really interesting to see what they did with that with that captaincy situation potentially. Yeah, it would have been interesting, especially with you know the kind of the leaders in that squad. 
And it seems like they've kind of now finally set on. St- they they had obviously doesn't matter anymore. Had set on <laughs> Steve Smith because Steve Smith missed a couple games. They kind of they've been moving around the overseas, but they kind of set on Rabada, Stoinis, Hetmeyer, and Smith, mm. which is seems a lot of batting, especially considering how you look at their Indian batters and they've got you know, Pant, Dawan, Shaw, uh, Rahane's not getting inside. Yeah, but and then in the game against. Uh, KKR Smith played but didn't bat and they lost three wickets so he he just Stoinis and Hetmeyer just came in above him which seems a bit strange and I, I'd understand it if they had been chasing loads but that was the innings where Shaw hit 82 off of, he was it was on 50 from about 18 balls it was so silly but yeah they're good I think Delhi were good I mean and you know if if we were going on points per game Delhi Capitals have won their first IPL, so c- can we just congratulate them? You know, I think we should congratulate mm. Delhi Capitals. I think more than anything, we all sort of called this, by the way. Mm. Um, so yeah, good for us. Do you Ooh. have the full? Do you have the full points per game table for us? Is it? Is it pretty much as it sits now? <laughs> I mean, they only get two points to win anyway, and they've all kind of won and lost a very similar amount. It was all quite congested in there, so I imagine it stayed the same. I, I think. I think it's the same. Uh... Who's played more games? Yeah, I'm gonna say it's exactly the same as the table as now. So, <laughs> so, so it's irrelevant then. Yeah. <laughs> Most of this conversation. Um, <laughs> well, good for Delhi and probably the best all-round team. Um, another game I'd like to chat about involving my Punjab Kings. You know, I'm a huge Punjab Kings fan, and they brought in Harpreet Bra. Am I saying that right? I guess that's how it's pronounced. Anyway, <laughs> he came in. And um, I think it was his first ever IPL game, maybe his second, but took the wickets of A.B. de Villiers, Glenn Maxwell for Golden Duck and Virat Kohli in a pretty inspired performance uh, from Punjab Kings, whose batting and bowling showed up on the same day to beat RCB by 300, uh, 340 runs. That would be a good win. 34 runs. And I had high hopes after this. I was like, right, maybe this is a little formula. And to see RCB slip up that badly against one of the poorer sides was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that RCB innings, all of the top three had strike rates of under 120. And the only one above 110 out of those is the fact that Paddy Cow hit seven off of six balls. Coley, you know, it was 35 from 34 and Paddy Tar 31 from 30. They scored a combined 73 runs from 70 of the balls out of 120 in the innings. That's not good enough, is it? They ate up more than half of the deliveries and didn't hit, you know, anywhere near enough runs. It's really not very good when you're chasing 179, which isn't the biggest total. No, it's but not still, threatening, is it really? It's not, no. And, you know, you look at this, it kind of shows that what happens when A.B. de Villiers doesn't do what A.B. de Villiers does. Because he hit three in this and they really struggled. Like, looking at that scorecard, Maxwell got a duck and I know he has been good. And then Bishnoy took some wickets, which is nice to see. I think Sam's bowled really well in this game, though. One, from, one for 24 from his four overs is very good. And yeah, Jameson, I still can't work out whether Jameson's been, well, been good or not. He's kind of... I, I'm exactly the same. I've watched him bowl and he's been okay. His figures have been okay. Like, he picks up a couple... He's, he's picked up a fair few wickets. Some days he goes for 10. Some days he goes for 6. I, I don't think he... He wasn't a bust. He wasn't like, oh shit, we spent way too much money on him. Neither was he like game changing. You know what I mean? He was yeah. totally in the middle. Be interesting to see. I don't know how the contract situation is going to work going into next year, but it'll be interesting to see if RCB keep him or 
someone wants to pick him up or if this was an experiment gone wrong. I can't quite work him out still. Yeah, well, the thing is, is they do often have... I feel like the thing is, is if he's going to do well, they need to have other bowlers who have good economy. And I suppose if he does play in the same team as, as Washington Sundar, Big man. that is quite good because is he good. bowls... Because Jameson has gone for a fair few, but has always seemed to take wickets, like you say. He took two in this in, in this game we're talking about. But, you know, he goes for a few, which is fine because if if you're in a team that has lots of, you know economical bowlers and i feel like siraj can be economical and you know washington sundar's well documented his economy yeah. <laughs> there are plenty of coverage on that on this podcast um yeah, exactly for harpreet bra i think it's just bra by the way it's just feels a bit weird to say um 25 or 17 as well with the bat and his little cheeky little three for of three of the best t20 batsmen in the world a great day for him um one man who will be probably quite chuffed the IPL is over is Nicholas Poran, who had just a miserable, miserable IPL. Uh, this game we're talking about here against RCB, none of three. Um, Will alluded to it last week, I think, saying that I, he wishes people would stop building him up for him to come crashing down every single year. And I'm with him on that. And, and for Punjab Kings, he's such an important part of that middle order and an overseas player. And if he keeps underperforming like this, they're going to have to get rid pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he then went and got, did he get a four-ball duck after that in the next game? Like, I it was believe kind of, so, yeah. I, I, think he, I think he had four ducks in the IPL. Yeah. Oh, he was actually dropped for the next game. For David Milan, who I was going to come on to, actually, because he uh, showed exactly why, I think we said a couple of weeks ago, <gasps> he is not the solution mate, to their mate, problem. I, I missed this. You know what? What was I doing? What day was that on? Sunday. I was playing golf on Sunday. I missed this game. Milan played 26 of 26. <laughs> and gets Which... ball backed off until another Englishman getting ball backed off. I'd say, well, it's a good job I didn't watch this game, otherwise, I had an aneurysm. That is, that is, <laughs> mate, we did this podcast for like nine months now, whatever. And that happened. That actually, a 26 ball 26 from Milan, bowled by Patel. What's going on? <laughs> if anything sums up everything we've spoken about in the podcast for the last nine months, it's. Milan, 26, 26 balls, bold axe off and tell. You know what? If, you, if, if you're a first-time listener to this podcast, don't bother with the other 40-odd episodes. Find <laughs> that innings, watch it, and then rejoin us. You'll pretty much get the gist from there on in. I mean, I, I totally missed this game. My ain't 99 not out. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it, it was all right. They did, all, but then again, it, it just wasn't enough yeah. runs. It was another one of those that Delhi just knocked it yeah. off so easily. It just gets every, that whole first thing gets swept under the carpet, doesn't it? When you get one six six, and they're probably thinking, "Well, it's competitive," and then they get it as easy as they did. Um, Carol Hall was injured as well, so mm. I doubt things would have got better for Punjab Kings. And I think I mentioned Milan at four last pod, and I got laughed out of the room. And looking at it now on paper without Rahul in there, it looks terrible. It looks really quite bad. Uh, yeah, I think I called it out as the worst shout that's ever yeah. been made on this podcast because yeah. it was add another batsman who goes around the ball for twenty <laughs> balls, and it's exactly what he did. I was, I was annoyed oh. at the innings that, it, that he did that, but I was also quite happy because it, had, you know, he he batted at four. Back exactly to everything we said, and we had that T Twenty pod, which if you are a first time listener, I would recommend listening to, where we dropped David Milan. We, uh, we're talking about England T Twenty team. We finally got rid of him. And again, just watch that innings. You don't need to listen to any other podcast. 
And that's telling me, and I think we've already mentioned Moeen, but Moeen had a fantastic IPL. And I'm so caught on what we do with him. Again, we'll, we'll go England-centric for a minute because you, you take him out of an England shirt and put anything else on him, whether it be a Worcestershire pair shirt or a CSK yellow top. And he is wonderful. And he picks the, back, the, picks the bat up the right way and lands the ball on a length. Pop an England shirt, though. You know, he's holding the bat wrong. He's bowling with his left hand. It just all goes a little bit wrong. So I know you want to bring him in, Zach. And I, I, I want to, but I'm not going to say it just yet because I just don't believe in Moe in an England shirt anymore. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And I... I didn't before this IPL, and I think it took one game of him doing okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, it's it took one six. One game, it took one six, and you were like, right, we're in. I think that's that's part of the craze with Moeen, isn't it? Is that you watch him do well, and you're like, oh my God, he's because he's such a good player to watch when he's doing well. Without a doubt. But that, that, you know, the appeal of it, it's, and I am a sucker for a spinning all rounder. In. <laughs> I am a sucker for a spinning all-rounder. So, you know, and you watch him spin and it's kind of like, okay. And then you watch him smack six and you're like, oh my God, this is, he's just, he's basically just the perfect player if he could do it more often, really. Yeah, and I I would never deny that. I love watching Moeen in full flow. I think any cricket fan does. I think he's given himself enough though. It was a genuinely impressive IPL in at three, bowling when left-handers were in a couple of overs at most. My problem is, though, Dan, is that do England then bat him at seven again, which didn't They work. would, wouldn't they? England would pick him and bat him at seven, which is pointless. And then and then you bat him at seven and don't bowl him, or he loses a bit of confidence, or you bowl him for one over, and the whole thing's pointless. If he does come back in, he has to be at three. Has to be at three. I agree. I agree. Okay, which, good. You know, is another person to come into England's top three. <laughs> no, it's not, because we've binned off Milan. We've binned off Milan, especially after that knock. Um, let's talk about a team I think will be very glad that the IPL is postponed indefinitely um, or ended totally, depending on how you want to see it. Uh, Sunrisers, who just had a miserable tournament from start to end, didn't they? Um, the, the big news coming into their game against Rajasthan was the captaincy change, um, dropping David Warner as captain and then, and then resting him from the team. That, that looked like it that might have been a permanent drop, or at least for a decent amount of games from what Trevor Bayliss said during the game, uh, Kane Williamson in as captain. Um, I think Nabby came in as the overseas and did terribly, <laughs> even though we called him last year, Zach. Well, you called him, actually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to palm that one over to you very quickly. Uh, uh, but they uh, got battered but... by Rajasthan, thanks to Joss Butler. But uh, we'll come to Joss in a minute. But SRH, what, what went wrong? And what did you reckon to the captaincy switch? I mean, first of all, I'd like to say that after calling for Nabby, I did then call for Holder, and Holder was actually instrumental okay, yeah. <laughs> in them getting to the playoffs so i might have called for nab i think we called we were just basically telling them stop it with the three overseas top yes. water players play someone else and they finally did and it worked it out worked. really well it did work. yeah i really enjoyed the uh there was some analysis that happened after uh, their innings against csk that was david warner's frustration because he hit 57 from 55 so, and just he was so bad he was so <laughs> bad I don't think I've ever seen someone like try and hit the ball as much as he was trying to hit the ball and fail. I honestly thought he was getting so angry at one point. I think he must have been in the 30s or 40s. He was just going to leave a straight one. Just give it the big Steve Smith leave <laughs> to a full Yorker. Uh, back under the armpit and just walk off because he was going absolutely nowhere. And then and then you, you think about the um, 
the super over that he was part of, he was doing terribly as well. I think he was just horribly, horribly out of nick. Um, and they had to make quite a big decision there. Yeah, I think he'll be he'll be upset that the cancellation didn't happen a game earlier. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Then he could have avoided the embarrassment of being dropped. But it might, you know, also the fact that this tournament hasn't gone on and he's not been, you know, sacked from the captaincy, sacked from playing, mm. it will mean that he, it, it kind of gets brushed under the carpet a bit, doesn't it? The fact he's... It will. I think right. it will, and he, he was he was on the the sideline doing drinks and that. Did you watch the game? He was like a he was like a terrier. He was so keen. He wanted to really get stuck in. I think he wanted to kind of show that he's like you know I'm a team guy. You know I'm still involved. And I was like okay mate yeah cool we get it. Yeah, I felt like he was more involved in the game than he, than he had to be when he was playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you, you've said Mohamed Nami did well. Mohamed Nami finished with a strike rate of 340 and hit 17 from five balls. Which you seen? Do you see his bowling figures? Oh, I just mean, I'm sure really quickly. He was bowling, <laughs> mate, he was okay. Maybe this wasn't his fault. And, and Williamson was like, Williamson was waiting for one of Butler or Sampson to get out so Nabby could come on bowl to a left hander. And then they didn't get out, and he had to bowl Nabby because he needed his fifth bowler for a couple. And he bowled half trackers to a very well set Joss Butler. So you know, the half tracker thing was his fault, and I think maybe he shouldn't have come on to bowl at that period of time. But yeah, I didn't. Uh, fair enough with the batting. I'm oh, sorry, Mohammed. I've I've mugged you off there slightly. Uh, one interesting thing is though that this this uh, innings, looking at the bowling card for for SRH, shows exactly why SRH aren't very good because Rashid Khan still only went for 24 from his four, but every other bowler just went for millions, which has been their problem for years. Well, their other bowlers just just give me no life. They give me no energy whatsoever. <laughs> they make me less interested in cricket. Uh, and even Bhuvaneshwar, who I, I'll, I'll count out of that group, uh, went for 37 of his four overs. He didn't seem to have the control or whatever he had over the England batsmen during that series, he did not have. And in our preview pod, we kind of suggested that him and Rashid working well together were the key to this side getting in the top four, which I think we all, you know, at least gave him the chance to get in the top four. And the fact he wasn't firing, and they, they, had, they had four good overs, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, I put Boofy down as my as my uh, purple cap winner. I thought he yeah. was going to, you know, yeah. after <laughs> being injured last year and the struggles and how good he was in that series against England. I don't know if it's... Like you say, he just didn't have the control. He didn't have the, yeah, the control. Like he, he oh, couldn't find yeah, his length. He, like he, in the England, he was metronomic with his line and lengths in that England series. And it meant when the ball was doing a bit, he was lethal. And when it wasn't, he wasn't going for many. And he's just, he's just lost it. And it, it's really, he's been the biggest disappointment of the season, I think. 100%. Because like you say, we were, we were really hopeful and thought, you know, Bairstow was in a good bit of nick going into it. They'd had they'd shown some signs last year, and they've kind of you know they're a decent side SRH. They've made the playoffs, I think, the last two years in a row now, but have not managed to kind of push on past the kind of not the semi-final stage, but you know the equivalent of the semi-final stage, whatever they call it. And but this year you thought with Boovy in the nick he's in, it could be the extra thing to you know maybe not win it, but get them to the, the final maybe yeah. or something. But, yeah. So disappointing. He just—he seemed like that last piece, didn't he? He seemed like mm. the last piece in exactly what you said. What, what was a, a handy team last year? Um, so Shane Will's not here to chat about Rajasthan's. Um, well, you know, we kind of pitched about them for the whole thing, but they—they they, they were well in it prior to the uh, suspension. Um, One three, lost four. You know, absolutely within that that sort of mix of teams who were fighting for that third and fourth spot. 
Um, let's chat about Butler's innings for a little bit. 50 off 39 balls, I believe he reached. And then he finished on 124 from 64 deliveries. And they were saying on commentary, to be fair, that this this up until the end, he was, he was still on about 80. And they were saying this probably isn't his most fluent innings, which definitely wasn't. And then he just went off. And this was this is the reason Josh Butler needs to open T20 cricket. Because if you can get him 64 balls, most of the time he'll strike at, you know, 175 plus, which he did, which he did in this innings. It was stunning. It was good to see. And a shame for him that the the tournament got suspended because I think he might have been finding a bit of form. Yeah, it's it's a shame for him and it's a shame for England because we needed him to kind of have a good run opening or not open. They needed kind of that set. Correct. I feel like there's, there's still question marks about his best position in England side. And if he could have taken this and, you know, not necessarily scored another century because that's his, his first ever T20 hundred. So he's now drawn level with Alistair Cook. Yeah. And that's, I don't know if you've seen that on Twitter. I did see that, on Twitter. that was quite funny, wasn't it? When did Cook get it? Was he playing for Essex or was he playing for England? It must have been for Essex because otherwise he would be in that. Uh, oh, that you'd be in your, you'd be in your group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, we'll, we'll get Will on next week to have a little chat about what he thought about Rajasthan because I thought they were looking okay again. Again, they weren't going to go and finish top, were they? But I think with seven games played, they were well in for a top four shout when it looked like they could have been, especially after the first couple of games, pretty well stranded. So, you know, good, good for them. Um, and do you want to chat about KKR, Zach, as we, as we wrap this up? Because oh, they were just pretty average to watch again, weren't they? They didn't seem any distinction from 2020 KKR to 2021 KKR, and they were going to finish fourth or fifth, weren't they? Probably. Maybe sixth. I mean, last last two seasons in a row, they finished fifth on a, on net run rate, and it's made it kind of feel like they've been yeah. you know, unlucky to not get in the playoffs. But both times, they've not deserved really to get into the playoffs. They've been pretty lucky to get to where they are. And they've just, oh, they were just, you know, it's the one reason I'm glad the tournament's over is I don't have to watch KKR anymore because they were just painful. <laughs> I've, I've just written here, Narine is shit. And soon on Narine, <laughs> yeah. he is. He's just he not is. very good. His bang is so bad now. Do you remember when he was good for oh, a bit? He was like his pinch hit at the top. He looks it was awful a, now. It was revolutionary. It was like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. As I've just said, as I said before about Moe and Ali, sucker for a spinning all-rounder. He was, he epitomized it. You know, he, he could hit big, but basically everyone just discovered that he's not good against fast bowling at the start of his innings. So just bowl pace to him and he can't bowl, deal with it. Like round his hip and he can't, he can't do anything. He's absolutely useless. Um, yeah, they were really, for, whenever like, whenever I check the, the TV listings of what IPL game was on in the day, I'd be like, please don't, please don't be KKR. I couldn't handle them, man. And they'd get like 160 or something, and you'd be like, okay. And then they'd, they'd bowl terribly. It just it never worked for them. Um, they were actually, yeah, they were they they played seven, one, two, lost five. They were looking starting to get a little bit stranded over there. Actually, them and them and SRH. Well, I think the thing is with the with us mentioning Rajasthan in with a shout because if you look at the rest of the teams, SRH and and KKR definitely worse than them. Punjab King's probably worse than them. And then, you know, that, that puts Rajasthan fifth and they're within a, you know, within a sniff of the top four. They're, you know, they're close yeah. in points and they're, you know, a couple of close games and you can, you, it can change everything, you know, and it can be down to net run, which they would have done really well on in that, you know, 220 innings against SRH. So, yeah, KKR were not looking good this year. And it was, annoyingly, Dre Ross has finally found some form, which is, and he kind of did, he was doing a little bit of what he did in 2019, which was just unbelievable hitting that kind of dried KKR 
mm. close in a few games it, in 2019. It took them over the line and it kind of could have looked better than it was again. Like it did last year. There was a couple of games where they kind of won when they didn't deserve to win. There's some, there's some serious issues there. There's just, you know, they, they don't have, they're not good enough. <laughs> Their batters aren't good enough. Their bowlers aren't good enough. And and not playing yeah. Lockie Ferguson after how good he was in those few games played last year is, is terrible. I think they need to first get rid of Pat Cummins mm-hmm. because he's he's one of those players who's cost them so much they have to play him every game. And Lockie Ferguson is better than Pat Cummins in T20. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, and Ke- Kevin Peterson and co. kept saying this on commentary. Oh, but he's the best player in the world in Test cricket, which is, mm-hmm. you know... Very different it's, game. It's a very different game. So, you know, it, it's not the same. And I understand they're going to, you know, they should be, they, if they're going to have Pat Cummins, they should be opening the bowling with him, which I do agree with. But they should just play Lockie Ferguson, who's better in this format. It, w- it would have solved so much. And I saw there was a little, I could see this, this season falling away from KKR because McCullum was coming out into the press, getting a little bit frustrated. Um, I don't know about what, because he's the coach, but he was just sort of suggesting we need to make changes. Something's got to happen here. Maybe pointing upstairs at the the top of the franchise with the players he could choose from. But then you also had probably him battling against Owen Morgan, who likes to stay loyal to his players and pick the same team over and over again. as he's done for England, just to back them, basically, and, and let them do their thing, which they just weren't doing, basically. So, yeah, again, for SRH and KKR, probably a good thing the season ended so early. And it, I'll tell you what, Zach, it's just a shame. I've enjoyed chatting about the cricket there. And it, it was all so nicely poised, wasn't it? We were seven, eight, some, play, some teams played eight games. And there's some really good cricket being played. And, you know, probably six teams all fighting out for those top four spots. And it's a shame it's over, really. But, you know, we've had some fun along the way, haven't we? We have, yeah. And you're right. Like, it, we're, we're probably about the halfway mark now if teams played seven and eight games. And, Correct. you know... It, it was kind of building up again, like Mumbai Indians, who we haven't really spoken about today, but you know, we often don't really speak about them because they're so good, but this season mm-hmm. they've kind of been a bit meh and they look like they kind of refound something in the last week. And it was kind of going to be like, Oh, are, are they back? Or, you know, were they back for that <laughs> briefly bit? They kind of won, you know, they won those two games. We spoke about them with the Kieran Pollard innings, I suppose, didn't we? But um, yeah, it was, it was kind of going to be kind of coming into something interesting again. Like yeah. the first few games is always a bit, it's always a bit tough to know who's good, mm. even though teams might be winning games. It's still, you know, RCB won a few games, but it was a bit like, are, are they good? And we were saying this about CSK. Are they good? Yeah. This, this end of the season is when we were about to find out who the kind of decent teams were. And it looked like MI were again, putting in the kind of run they always put in mm-hmm. and they end up in the top yeah. two and then they win. <laughs> it's kind of what they do. The IPL's just got, it It, go, it flows in that way, doesn't it? I love the start of the season when, as you said, a team could win two in a row, but you're like, Are they, st- they still could be bad because it's a T20 game and they're all good enough cricketers to win a T20 game. So you don't quite know yet. And we were just getting to that point. I love the way an IPL season finishes and it crescendos in that often crazy way. Le- less so last year because the top three were confirmed pretty quickly, but often that fourth spot, it's so much fun. Oh, and there's always there's always the team like CSK last year and who who were cut adrift and couldn't make it, but then they just start winning, start ruining everyone. That was SRH's. That was SRH's role this year, wasn't it? You know, yeah. you know, after ten games, they'd be like one, two, lost eight, and they'd be like, right, okay, make make they make a key change somewhere. I don't know what they'd have done. Jason Roy would have come in, and they'd have gone and won the last five or something. After I don't know, but yeah, unfortunately, we'll miss out on that this year. Um, Hopefully all the players get back to their respective families safely. You know, and at this stage, the cricket really doesn't matter, does it? Um, although it was fun 
to talk about. Um, that'll about wrap it up for this week. I don't know what we'll have next week, Zach. We'll, we'll, we'll have something for you guys. Uh, we got we got to get Will on to chat about Rajasthan and see what he thought about the IPL. And there'll be some televised county cricket to chat about. So maybe we'll have a little just general cricketing chinwag for a little bit. Um, and more importantly, are you playing cricket this weekend? Weather depending, because the weather's been diabolical in the UK, for those who don't know. Well, the weather looks awful for Saturday. So that I is a write-off. So. You've got absolutely no chance. I've got a no. tea time on Saturday. No chance I'm playing that. <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I think probably not this week alas alas listen tune in next week anyway there'll be some kind of story to be had um thank you very much for listening um zach thank you very much thank you dan and we'll see you next week Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.